I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome back to the Keith Cheggers podcast. This is episode 14. I'm Hannah Norris, and I'm here with my husband. Carl Donnelly. And we have a guest that I will introduce in just a little while, because we finally released our episodes. Well, yeah, this is the first one we're actually recording since we released some. Yeah. So we've released eight episodes so far, I think. Yeah. And people have started listening to them. And we've had some comments, which is really exciting. Yeah. So um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. That's at CheggersPod, all of them. Yeah. Get in touch. We've got a, a Gmail address as well. Oh. <laughs> CheggersPod at gmail.com. So do get in touch with us and listen along and yeah. tell your friends. And, and hopefully... In the next, so now they've been released, get enough followers and listeners yeah. that we get free baby shit. Yeah, yes. which is the ultimate goal. And then you'll you'll talk about how it's so great. Well, I've started talking about, I started yeah. pimping some stuff that I'm looking at already. Yeah. That's because I think it's really great stuff. Of course, okay. yeah. But it's just that it's the nature of the game, isn't it? I don't reckon yeah. deliciously Ella's paying for shit. No. No. Anyway, no. Um, so yeah, this is a podcast about pregnancy and. Last week it was just Carl and I talking to each other, but we do have a wonderful guest this week. Yes. She's our first American. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm so sorry. a comedian yes. and a fellow hoop ring, hoop earring. Yes, yeah. It's and I'm about... wearing them right now, so you must have just absorbed that about I do. me. I was thinking that about you. Thank that you. We, when I put my earrings on this morning, I was like. Sarah wears these. So Sarah Barron. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for having me. Welcome. I feel so seen that you've clocked my jewellery wearing already. There you go. You are um, actually one of the first people that I've, new people in my life, who's only known me since I've been pregnant. Yes. We've met twice before. Yeah. But, and you were pregnant, but I didn't know you were pregnant. So I only kind of know you... In this capacity. Yeah. Oh, that was with, yes, because we went. Was it the first time you met at Lou? No, no. we met at a gig. There was old met. Well, there was old rope and you were on. Yes. And I said, I, th- I don't know if what, we, oh, we might have said hello. Then. Okay. And then we were at Soho House. For a gig. Let's yeah. not seem too yeah. high for yeah. We were just gigging there and got free access. Yeah. With Tom and Bruce. then at Lou Sanders' birthday party. Yeah. So at yes. Lou's birthday, Lou was the only person who knew. Yeah. And so, she was, it was eating her alive, the fact that she knew. Yeah. And couldn't yeah. tell people. Yeah, that seems like that would challenge her. But she <laughs> she honoured her promise. She you. did. Yeah. I'd be challenged by that. So Adam Hess was there as well and he said congratulations to me. But I didn't know if that was just him doing a weird Adam Hess greeting for no reason or if yeah. he had a secret. 
Oh, and to this day you don't know. No, no, I just, I just allowed that to be there. Yeah, you never know with Adam. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's impossible to read. You don't know what uh, is going on in his mind. And um, today we're recording this podcast in a hotel room in Nottingham. So. Carl and I are sitting on the bed. The atmosphere is really... <laughs> it's got a weird vibe. It's got a... It feels like I'm the therapist and you're the couple and uh, I'm going to help you guys, which yes. I'd be very up for. I mean, it shows where our minds are different. I'm yeah. like, this feels like some sort of weird swingers thing where we're interviewing you to see if you <laughs> would like to join us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank and you. Especially since last week, um, I... I suddenly looked down at my notepad and I'd written sex in big letters oh my and God. drawn a circle around it. So that part of pregnancy. <laughs> Great. Are you at that part of pregnancy? I don't know what part of pregnancy I'm at. In terms but of... But I'm writing sex down. I, that part. thing to me was like the craziest, the idea of like, oh, I've, I've, I've never looked so quote-unquote repulsive and I've never wanted it more. And I'm like, what? And Amy Schumer has a very funny bit in, a, in the stand-up special where she's pregnant, where she's like, her husband, they're sort of sat at opposite ends of the sofa and he kind of like reaches his leg out to kind of touch her and she's like, can I help you? <laughs> and that's how I felt, just like, fucking even look at me, you pig. Like, not not feeling it. But I hope that you are in a different zone. Because <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day who had that, I think it was a it was a father and he was just talking about his wife and sort of the the attractiveness of her body and and her breasts and everything but at the same time becoming mother and I think there must be something in that that yeah. happens to the hard, to the it, guys that you don't suddenly it? just become mother but they they Yeah my husband said he found it really sex like I think at the very at the, the all women's bodies are different but for me it was very tummy like it was ideal it was just my tummy kept getting bigger but I looked very much like myself until the last month, mm-hmm. and then it was really insane. Yeah. But I think up until that month, my husband claims mm-hmm. that he thought it was so sexy and looked so, and was like, you know, in some weird biological way, be like, I fucking did that, yeah. even though <laughs> yeah. we did IVF. Yeah, so the whole thing is very ridiculous. But um, but that's what he said. It was hard for me to identify with because you move through the world, or I did feeling very not sexual to mm. anyone. You're not like, oh, all these other men who, you know, just may, might have gone, oh. yeah. like, just see this thing where you do look sort of already taken. Yeah. Literally, like, they yeah. can't do anything with that. It's so weird how that all Well, I do. Goes. I mean, I, I definitely, I love the look of um, pregnant women when they've got, when you can Same. see it. It's, it's beautiful and, and sexy and hot. Do you think pregnant women are hot, Carl? Um, let me think. How like, could you see this. a woman other than... <laughs> but that's what, think? like, I think it's so sexy yeah. and beautiful. I love when they're, like, we're kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think I can see what you mean. You, you're talking about when they really, really show it off. You know, yeah. when you see, like, a pregnant woman wearing a really tight dress yes there is, some, there is definitely something there that is sexy sexy or beautiful both mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm trying to work out my, <laughs> my the diplomatic answer well, because on the one hand it's like you do, you know you obviously have never been attracted to any woman other than your Absolutely wife obviously not. on the other hand especially not pregnant women. right i'm not just going around creeping pregnant women, on pregnant women yeah. everywhere. but maybe a lot of men fire into it or do find it sexy but i felt very non-sexy personally mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I was thinking actually today about in Jess Foster Q's show when she talks about um, growing her body. You yeah. Know, the fact yeah. that doing strength training is the yeah. first time in her life yeah. that she started growing her body and feeling good about that. And in the same way, knowing that my body is growing and there's, there's still always those little things in, your, in my head. Anyway, and you're like, 
Oh, well, my legs are getting bigger as well. Is that why is that happening at the same time as as my stomach? Yeah. But, but like, but not judging that in the way that I would if I was not pregnant and just putting on well, weight. Well, there's like, this mm-hmm. woman I know who's pregnant. I think she's due. I won't say when she's due because, with all due respect, I I, I assume she might not hear this only because it's not been around very yeah. long. But I wouldn't want her to recognize herself. But she's due relatively soon. And she's mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of like selfies and stuff on the line and being like never felt so never loved my body so much and I'm like mm-hmm. and I say this with support and love for what's ahead of you yeah, yeah. like call me when it's fucking at you yeah call me when you're de- like I found it quite easy to love my body pregnant yeah post pregnancy is really? when it's really hard and the thing is is that I know unless you know for most women I know unless they've sort of prior to pregnancy struggle with their weight yeah, um, and weight and body image, different thing, right? Yeah. But a proper struggle with your weight. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, you, you, you look different naked, but you look pretty much the same in clothes or whatever, whatever. But, so, you know, plenty of women are like fucking getting my fucking body fucking back. Yeah, yeah, and mostly yeah, yeah. that approach works. It's just you sat there going, uh, I have a job and I can't, see straight because I'm so tired so I'm not going to force myself to go to the gym and yeah. that's the stuff but it was the post like I, I got like a memory on Facebook yesterday because it's my like my husband and I met nine years ago yesterday oh, cool. so this is our little period of like oh remember on the 31st we this and then on the 5th we did the, you know it's like that it's that period yeah and I got this like nine year memory on Facebook and it's like fuck me I was so much thinner <laughs> and I th- hate myself yeah and I go, oh, God, I was thinner. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It, it is. But it's, uh, it's part, you know, it's, it's part of the experience. So, yeah, and and I wanted to be pregnant. So it was all I wanted more than anything was pregnancy. And so right. a lot of the time I can connect to like, well, it is like this because this thing that you thought you were going to lose your mind over if it didn't happen, happened. So it's fine. Yeah. And then you see a photo from nine years ago. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's the interesting thing. Cause that, so I'm currently 19 weeks pregnant um and we got pregnant by IVF which so did you so did we yeah and so I'm interested to know a bit more about that because for us um we were we weren't we weren't really trying but we weren't weren't not not trying trying. so So it was it was this factor of like having a baby would be really cool but it's okay if it doesn't happen like that's a genuine thought in my head and we eventually went and got some tests for us everything was fine and then they yeah. said the nhs were like we well, can do ivf and did they provide that to you because you you sort of said we've had unprotected sex for a year and yeah. that is alone it, can entitle you or, what's the nhs rules a year or two i think it's I think two they, i don't know i don't remember i remember something yeah. about it being two years yeah because we wound up paying for it right. yeah because i was like i'm not like we started trying to have a kid and i think this is the same for you, even though you both look like you're in your 20s. <laughs> like I was, you know, we were mid-30s and my husband yeah. was 40 when we were like going to start. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not waiting three years. I'm yeah. not waiting a year to find out that we're going to struggle. So yes. like immediately, yeah. I made him give a sperm sample. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, <laughs> you'll be surprised to hear. I got my blood test done a lot sooner than he gave yeah, a sperm yeah, sample. Yeah. But over the course of a few months, we got it and I came back fine and his sperm, he's got a lot of it. 
but it didn't want to go anywhere. Oh, was it yeah. motility? Low motility. Mo- low motility. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Well, was mine all right? Yeah, mine yours was. Right. Happened yeah. in the past. You had. I had like yeah, I had lower motility. I, I had a sperm test like ten years ago, oh. and it was low lower motility this year uh, or last year now. Um, it was. Were you a vegan a decade ago? No. Smoke, 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 like a heavier, yeah. I mean, I used to yeah. live like Shane McGowan. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's no wonder my sperm is now have, in better like, shape. Did you have an emotional response to finding out about the motility when you were? No. You just, you were like, whatever. No, because I think I um, have always had this, and it's just, I think it's why we're probably quite on a, on a good sort of level when, from our whole relationship of talking about having children. I've always been somebody who's, I've not got a desperate paternal instinct. You don't. Like, uh, but I also really like kids. So I'm not in that, I'm not one of these people that's like, I don't want kids. I'm not one of these people that say, yeah, I need I to have kids. my husband is that, was got, that way. I've always been like, I think it'd be really nice. But if it can't happen, it's not the mm. end of the world. I think that's how my husband always felt. Yes. And I felt like, oh, no, I'm, I'm 100% having children. So we yeah. should just be real upfront yeah, about yeah. that. And what you may or may, because you guys... If I'm, I know this only from Carl's stand-up set, yeah. like you went, you had one round of IVF, you got pregnant, yeah. beautiful, thank fucking God. We didn't go on a terrible journey, yeah. which some people do, but ours was not, I mean, no one's is that easy except, yeah. you know, very lucky people. But um, we, I, we, he had a good job at the time and I was like, this is where money goes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not waiting another year to do this. Like, I can't handle it. We're going private very privileged position and we used that and so we did and what you hear is that like the position that you want to be in is sperm is your problem if sperm is your problem no problem if eggs are your problem so we were like you know we would call ourselves like the king of the losers the winners of the losers like we're who you want to be and we went in and (laughs) i was you know exercising all the time no caffeine no boot my body wasn't you know and and i'm a little worker bee so i'm like if you give me an assignment i do everything (laughs) (laughs) and so we did this round and every and i was like loving it and i was loving how proactive it was and and um i just fucking like i i'm not afraid of needle like i was like I was into it. It was yeah. really fucking weird. Yeah. But I liked it. And then, so, you know, they, they do so all this stuff. Needles in the so stomach. So I'm needling. I'm like, yeah, yeah, fucking, oh. Yeah. And I lived for it, yeah. which is very rare. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you pump yourself all up on hormones. Then there's a day. You get this general anesthetic. They take the eggs out of you. They fertilize it with your husband's sperm. So your husband's yeah. sperm. One of, my yeah. husband calls me small seed conservative Sarah because that shit is in there with me. Your husband. <laughs> that's the only person you have a baby with. So they fertilize it. And then you wait to yeah. see how many you get. And like yeah. five days later, they put them back up you. Yeah. And basically, on the day they put them up me, this anxiety took me over that was unlike anything I have ever known. Because I intellectually knew, like... People, people get pregnant in war zones. Like you're, so this is a fucking yes. bullshit middle class idiocy that we're like. If I'm not totally, just stop thinking about it. Yeah, I know yeah. that's crazy. And suddenly, I was like, it's on me. I'm gonna fuck this part up. I'm too anxious. I'm too anxious. This baby is being conceived. It will be a killer. Or what? Like I got. So 
so yeah. we don't yeah. say we don't we don't say we got so mental anymore but i got so fucked in the head fucked in my head and it was an excruciating 10 days yeah. Yeah. and the night before i was supposed to take my up on it you need to take a pregnancy test one yeah. morning and didn't sleep all night we went on we went on like a weekend away and you know jeff slept and i was up all night and i woke up in the morning and um i went to wipe you know i pee on the stick and then yeah. wipe myself and there was blood ah. so i sort of knew i had my period and then i looked and it was negative and all of the feedback up until that point had been like you have an a plus plus embryo like yeah. this is and i was overcome with grief yeah. that was like I still, when I think about, like, I was, then we had to fly back on a plane, and he just had to, I just, I sobbed for eight hours. He sort of called, you know, part of it is all these hormones, leaving. there was yeah, all this yeah. stuff going on. So that was horrendous. Then we try a second time. I get pregnant. How much longer after? Well, as soon as you can do. do. So yeah. I can now, you know, all this stuff is so relevant, yeah, yeah. but I think it wasn't, it wasn't even a few. I think maybe it was two. Yeah. So that happened in February, it happened on February 15th. And then we started going again in April. Yeah. So maybe two months later. And on April 22nd, I took a positive pregnancy test. Yeah. The joy of joys, joy yeah. of joys. And somewhat quickly, someone was like, the... So we're not thrilled with your hormone levels. Uh-huh. But, and, you know, long and short of it is, I then miscarried that pregnancy. Okay. On no... Like, you know... Grief, 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 grief. You were still taking, you were taking all the hormones that you need. The yeah, because we, did, we had to do like a, a whole other full run. Because this doctor that we saw, his thing was like, you're fine. You're in perfectly good health. So we're going to take like a delicate hand with this. Yeah. So we're not going to do this. And we're not yeah, going to put yeah. two embryos up you and we're not going to do any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I miscarried and that, you know, and miscarriages yeah. can be such like, I have plenty of friends and almost... Every single woman I know who's been pregnant over 35 has miscarried. Um, And plenty of them are like, eh, it's depressing. Because it's a second pregnancy or they had mixed feelings or something. For me, it was like we'd been trying to have a kid for two years. I was bereft. And back to the thing about being like a good student, you know that, you know that life is unfair. You know know that life is unfair. You know that all these different things. And it was the first really shitty thing that had ever happened to me yeah and i which means i'm very lucky yeah, yeah but i was suddenly like if i can't get pregnant like i want to be pregnant so bad i want to push a baby out of my body yeah. so bad and then mother that baby so bad that if this doesn't happen for me, they'll just be like a little part of me yeah. is going to die. What is what is my life? Yeah, what and, and, and I'll like we'll adopt me. and we'll do these things and that will be beautiful. My husband was adopted, so I just wanted him. Like I was like, he fucking should get one that thing with one person. You know, I just I was so overcome with rage and sadness. Yeah. And then the next time we did it, we got pregnant. Yeah. You know, we took one of the frozen ones and put it up, and that's my son. And I think what happened for me was like I. I don't think I had postpartum depression, but I was miserable yeah. and panicked when my son was born for a long time. And I think that part of that was just when you struggle to get pregnant. He was a difficult baby. He was colicky, all this stuff. But I also think when you struggle to get pregnant, my, I was 
so naive about it. Yeah. I just, I was very realistic going into marriage. I was like, I yeah. get it. This isn't going to be yeah, great, yeah, yeah. but let's do it. But with motherhood, I was like, we're going to like, I'll be on maternity leave. So I'll like put the little baby in a sling and like, we'll go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, 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 <laughs> I just didn't understand the hellfire yeah. that I was in for. Right. Again, you might have a different experience. Yeah. Mentally but, and physically and... Uh, what, what do you think? I, or mostly mentally, do you think? M- mentally. I think, like, physically I was... Kind of, I didn't like I didn't like it. I, I tore. Yeah. It was infected. I couldn't sit down for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that wasn't great. But it was more... Um, it, what I now understand... Like, I've always wanted two kids. That's yeah. always been the thing. And now I'm like, I can't fucking do it. I didn't know myself as a mom. I didn't yeah. know. And, th- and that's because that kind of post birth. It's because what I've worked out about myself is that I, like, I met my husband and I was nearly 32. I'd been in relationships before, but ne- like the longest I'd been monogamous was like 14 months. Yeah. You know, I never, I just, I wasn't a relationship person. I yeah. lived alone for six years. Like, right. and, and all I wanted through all of that was to have a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, I love this shit. When the right guy, <laughs> I was like, anybody? Like, I was so lonely. But in fact, I really had a lot of alone time. Yes. And I... And, and just even the, the, the shift into a relationship of not wanting to do what I wanted and not, and the, and like the compromise and learning all that shit. Yeah. And then when I had this kid and I couldn't check out. Yeah. Overwhelmed me. Like, like I remember, and, and he was a tough baby, so he couldn't, I remember I would get, and I, I was still really using the word triggered because it's a fucking word now, but like. My kid wouldn't go in a pram. Right. We couldn't put him down for about eight weeks. Yeah. It was insane. Because he'd cry. He, he, he had to be on a tit for right. eight weeks. Right. Wow. It was horrible. So I'd be like, trying to be like, I'll go for a walk. The baby only weighs 10 pounds. 10 pounds. And I would see other people with newborns and newborn prams. And I would, like, I'd go to baby cinema. And I'd see all the prams lined up and be like, why do I have the one baby that doesn't go in a pram? Why do I... You know, like, I, I couldn't put him down. And My that was husband, from him... That was from him more than you not wanting to put yeah, him down. Yeah, that, that was, was the whole thing. It's all this, what you start figuring out. Is that, like, yeah. if... A very judgmental thing that I think is that like if you meet kids who can't go to strangers, it's because yeah. the fucking parents have raised a kid who doesn't want to go to strangers because mommy needs to be the only one. Yeah. Or mommy, it's only mommy and daddy and like all this shit. I mean, that's what I think. But um, so you, but it wasn't, I, I didn't even, I hadn't heard of attachment parenting. Yeah. And my friend was just like, try it. So you, this is called attachment parenting. It's going to be great for the kid. I was like, okay, attachment. But I was like, I don't fuck. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I couldn't, it was basically like we'd get in bed at 10 o'clock. We'd get out of bed at 10 AM. And I didn't sleep the whole time because if my tit got out of his mouth, yeah. he would scream wow. and think what that does mentally to a person. It was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just, you know what I re- I remember being at this stage mm-hmm. that you guys are at and being like, here's what I don't get about this. <laughs> like, you hear people say, 
oh my God, like you, you know, make sure you do all this like batch cooking, yes. like get a lot of food. You got, you are not going to, you're not going to have time to brush your teeth. And you're like, oh my God, I want to try to roll. Okay. Oh, here we go. Full on, but I can take it. <laughs> and then you also, people say all they do is sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how does that, how do those two things yeah, yeah, yeah. fit together? And then what you realize is like babies are really, really different. Yeah, like, totally. And also, like, some babies will sleep in a little pram, and my son had to be in a baby carrier or lying against my tit to sleep. So we kind of didn't sleep for months. So it's weird that you can you can get all the all that advice, all the advice in the world, yeah. all the tips, yeah. all the stories, but it's going to be personal and yeah, and you and just don't unique yeah, to, yeah. to know what your it'll... relationship is. Yeah, and I think that I was I'm reading this book weirdly by Ruby Wax right now, where she talks, and there's this really interesting part where she talks about being very open about her own depression. That's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. part of her carrying card or whatever it's like yeah. I am depressed, I am open about that. This yes. is an important conversation, and that she would be in the midst of like doing documentaries about depression and like institutionalized like her husband would get her out of the institution to go to do the interview but she was so ashamed of that that she played it like that wasn't where she was at even though what it was supposed to be about was an open conversation about depression and I was like it's sort of like a like what I thought of was farting like I'll be like oh I'm a very gassy I fart but think how different saying that is than just sitting in this chair (laughs) trying to fart in front of you like it's and I think with 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 motherhood it's like we we're modern women yeah we know that we should be open about but it's to no one actually is because it's too it's too you know and I do not and I think women shouldn't feel shame if they feel that their kid was a mistake but like I don't feel my kid was a mistake I'm so happy to have him my life is but like I I I feel terrible a lot of the time about how um much space I need for myself. Yeah. And I said, did you guys see Jesse Cave's show Sunrise? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a, she talks about being in, in wonderful show, wonderful show, wonderful show, but she talks about being in this big bed with her kids. Yeah. And this, with the cage with, around with this it. sort of a cage around so that the kids can't get away. Yeah. And even now when I talk about that, I feel physically sick yes. to myself because I can't sleep in a bed with my son and I, I've pretty much never been able to. Yeah. And I, actively hate myself for like needing that physical and my husband does like my husband and my son will co-sleep sometimes yeah but like mommy needs her space yeah and but as but a you, woman you feel terrible that's what i was gonna say yeah that, that, yeah that dads was... fuck it fuck it fuck it fuck it i know a million men who say that and they're fine and yeah. they're high achieve they're high achievers which i'm not that makes a difference but i know a lot of men or i know a handful of men who are dads who are workaholics, who are super successful, and it's like they can't do that job yeah. on broken sleep. So they they sleep separately, right. the mom and kids yeah, go sleep. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like maybe I'd, I don't know. It's not just about like, oh, I could justify it if I was making like 400 grand a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also like as a woman, I feel like a little bit broken. Also, I, it's, like, I mean, we've talked about it on the, some of the other episodes about that book, why French, French children don't throw food. Yeah. And, um, and that's a, it's an American writer living in Paris, having a child, raising a child. And, just, and she talks about the difference in psychology between, like, a French woman 
who's just who's got a newborn compared to an American North American or uh, British sort of because the French woman thinks what they think they, they the French women don't think a child should just Change. take away your your existence as an individual well that's what I think I feel yeah. and I you're but French, I you're French so I think I, my essence is French yeah <laughs> but I I am not fucking French so I feel so yeah. bad and I like, did you guys do NCT? We, we're coming out in May. Yeah. My, like, be- I, she, I'm not her best friend, but she is my best friend. Like, I found, I'm like, you know, you're my best fucking friend, right? Like, she's like, well, I've lived here my whole life, so ease up. I got other friends. But she, my, it was so weird. We went into it so skeptical. And my two favorite yeah. people are, like, my two NCT people. And um, I saw one of the ones who didn't become one of my good friends on a bus. <laughs> Immediately, in the group, the first day I was like, I like the lady with the pink hair and the one whose husband made a joke about goat's cheese. I'm going for those two bitches, the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. And I was right. Um, and one of them I saw on the bus. Like, it was recently, I was going to a gig and I had a night where I just, I felt good. I was like, my look is hanging together well tonight. Like, I felt good. I felt cool or whatever. Like, it was on yeah. some good gig and I felt good. And I saw her on the bus because I have a lot of sadness about not having another kid. Manageable sadness, but sadness. And I saw her on the bus with her daughter. So I haven't seen her in years. And I would see that newborn baby mm. constantly over the course of like three months. And so that baby is now three plus, like yeah. my son. And she's had an- another one. Yeah, yeah. And I know her husband has a big deal job. And I know she has completely lost her footing professionally. <laughs> but I mean... It just, th- that's what the fuck happens. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you have to know. Yeah. You gotta go. It really, but, but anyway, separate thing. And I saw her and I was like, you have that second kid and I have my job. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really figure out really what I wanted to do until I was 35 yeah. and I'm 40 now. And I can't, that to me is feels like this little thing I'm holding that feels so much more important. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It doesn't feel so much more important to me. It feels a little bit yeah. more important to me than another kid. And then yeah. that feels like me going, well, mommy's job matters more than you having a sibling, which I think if someone else said that to me, I'd be like, fuck yeah. 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 You do you. He can be yeah. close with his cousins and get out into the world and meet people. Fine. Yeah. But actually, I, I feel guilty and shitty about it as well. But I guess, like... It's also to do with that picture of yourself, isn't it? Like when yeah. I was younger, I used to think of myself having two kids as yeah. well. And now we're here. I'm 40 as well. So we're having this baby. And some people have asked, are you going to have a second one? And, and right now I'm like, I haven't thought yeah. about that. But when I'm looking at other people as well who have two children and you see that that extra workload and the kind of it happening yeah. again. But, well, but right now you, I'm not. Do you have siblings? Yeah, and I worship him. Yeah. I have a younger brother who I worship. Oh, what's yeah, that age difference? Brother. Four years. So, and you get on well. Yeah, we did. I hated him. Like, all my diary yeah, yeah, entries yeah, yeah. from, like, a kid are being like, I hate my... Like, I hated him. And I can remember thinking, like, seeing other siblings and being like, how can you love your brother? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, I actively hated him. <sighs> um, Until what age? Mm-hmm. 
I think then he didn't occur, like, once we became teenagers, so, like, I'm 16 and he's 12, then you're just this well of self-absorption and hormones. Mm. So for a while he sort of didn't occur, it went, like, hatred doesn't occur to me, like, void, like, non-existent, you don't count as a human. And then by the time I was left for university and we were sort of, we weren't living in a house together, and, like, that little precious thing was over... Then he just seemed like the funniest, weirdest, <laughs> greatest guy. And like, he's so, um, he's, he presents a super macho. Mm-hmm. He's got three boys. Like then, in, you know, we're four years apart, but we got married, you know, within a year and had kids with it. Like, so all that grown up shit has yeah. happened. Yeah. And I just like, you know, what I will, like, I don't really mean what I'm saying, but I can sometimes just move through the world being like, I hate everyone except my brother like he's my favorite you know marriage is much more complicated it's just you know and it's like your day-to-day but like my husband will be my favorite you know he's who I can be around a lot if we were not gonna kill each other and then my brother's just the best best fucking guy out there and that's why it's so painful for me and my, you know, my my husband has a much more loaded relationship with his siblings. Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. Like, because I was just trying to work out the psychology of it. Yeah. Like, it's, do you have siblings? I've got one. Old oh, of course, brother. your brother who lives in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So he's much. He's much. He's like seven years older, and just so uh, we didn't really. We just seven. We, yeah. Then you're a little... couple of people that lived in the same house. Yeah. So we didn't really satellites. ever hang out or do anything yeah. together. So I've and just even if I imagine a fa- a family. In my head, I think I've always imagined one kid because I always think I felt like a lonely child. See, but this is what I was saying this to my husband the other day. Is it like up until I met my husband, and I know you're not supposed to say this kind of thing, but like, you know, because you think like relationships don't solve problems. Yeah. But I really had this loneliness yeah. in me my whole like the I just first I, time I accidentally said lonely child not only child which is that, yeah, yeah. is so, that what you so, meant did you mean I'm to not, say I'm, lonely I meant, I meant to say only child but, but did you I, feel lonely it came out of my subconscious <laughs> but did, but did you I, really I a, feel lonely I, was, I remember very I was a, when I was very young I was a lonely little child I used to spend yeah. a lot of time thinking on my own yeah Even like, I, I can remember like being three or four and being like, and like just sitting oh Carl thinking about but I mean I think that's beautiful and everything's fine and like you're with like, I'm so, I feel like everything you need to know in a human is in their partner. So the second yeah. I meet Hannah, I'm like, oh, great. You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. right, Carl seems great. And like, he's not just fronting. He's a lovely guy, you know. But but I felt, I remember I saw a therapist for the first time at like 23. Yeah. And, I, you know, they famously say, <laughs> upon arrival, I'll be like, so why are you here? And I remember just going, <laughs> I alone and like I did and that I've always felt really alone and I and that fully stopped for me when I like I don't feel alone anymore and it happened the day I met my husband yeah and so what that's all to say is that like my brother I've always had like a best friend and a like I'm but just 
I'm not, my point is, I'm not yeah. going to take loneliness away from my kid. Yeah. He's going to have it, he's not. There are all these other factors going on. Like, I have a really loaded relationship with my mother, and I, re, my, you know, what I want for my son is to feel a little bit easier about his mom. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the fact that I'm saying this, if we keep it in, means I'm not going to tweet this interview if it goes out, because my mother will be like, well, what did she say here? <laughs> but, but, I, but, you know, I just, my mom can exhaust the shit out of me in a way that's so extreme and I'm like okay if I can't give him a sibling that I really hope when he's 40 he feels this way about me which is not something that my mom was able to give me even though she gave me all this other really good shit yes well I always um think there's that thing that you the point of evolution is you evolve beyond your parents you know whatever you've been given there's lots of good stuff but you're supposed to get better than them right if things are working and you're progressing then that's that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just a simple thing yeah. to be a bit better or get those things that weren't quite right in your own experience yeah of what either if they're seeing their relationship or the way they parented you and just going these are the things i want to totally. tweak and get right when I'm i try and get right when i do it and i think you know this thing that's been really useful for me and my sort of overall happiness is that i know some um I met someone who will remain nameless. I mean, I'll tell you when we're not recording. But um, I'll write it down. Can I write it down right here? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then I will say it out loud and get us all in trouble. Okay, yeah. Right? Oh, yes. So that person, so very successful and um, very successful at a certain stage at something that I wanted to be really amazing at. Yeah. And I met that person's kid and they were just a dirty little shit. (laughs) And I was like... Oh, the most, I know it's like, so, but it was like the moment where you're like, people are like, the most important thing in the world to me is being a good mom. And it's yeah. like, what? No one's behavior matches up to that. Certainly not the dads. Yeah. A lot yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you, you, the most important thing to you, you love your kid. The worst thing that could happen to you would be for something bad to happen to your child. Yeah. That's yes. true. But the most important thing to you is your job. That's everything about how you behave. Mm. And there was something in seeing that dynamic where I was like, Oh, the, the most the most important thing for me in a real way is that I don't raise a cunt. That's yeah. all I care yeah. about. And I, this, um, I think that's why my re- I'm reading just loads of like psych- psychology books. Like my I started on the sort of pregnancy type books, yeah. and I realised that that's sort of your field that you're you know that's what you you're experiencing that. I can read a bit like a pregnancy for men is yeah. to tell me what the fact. Yeah. But I've gone on this sort of like reading jaunt about not just child psychology but psychology because I want to learn how how to act better to give that kid the best chance of growing up to not be a prick Hello, I'm Chris England and I'm here to tell you about the Fun Factory podcast available now on Great Big Owl Each time, I will be reading a couple of chapters of my novel, The Fun Factory, a historical comedy about the history of comedy. So it will kind of be like a free audiobook, which you can listen to at the gym, or jogging, or at your desk while pretending to do your job, or on the train, without the embarrassment of people seeing you actually reading a book like some kind of swat. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Two questions on that. One, what do you feel you've read that has seemed the most useful and intelligent? And what have you read that has seemed like garbage? Well, I mean, we've talked about the sort of... Uh, Philippa Perry's book. The, yeah, I read the, that. And I, that one I actually probably felt the most distant from that way of, like, the constant language she uses when talking to a kid. I'm like, just doesn't feel realistic to me. Right. Yeah, that's not a way that I feel like I could just physically speak. Right. So I much prefer the ones like They Fuck You Up by Oliver James. Right. That's about early childhood psychology and how that sort of first three years... Yeah. Basically everything you do, that kid is going to soak up and that will ultimately become who they are. Yeah. So... But it also, so that sounds really daunting, but also what I took from it was the, the sort of thoughts that everything is repairable if you're, if you're self-aware enough of how you're acting. Yeah, and the thing too is it's like the people, like by virtue of reading a parenting book, it means you don't need a parenting book. Do you know what I mean? It's like you'll be present yeah. and you'll be kind and yeah. you'll be good and there'll be some weird shit and the kid will pick that up. And it's like it's all sort of... It's just, like, I, I had this friend and she was, um, like, so so my mother had this thing where she'd be like, I never made my children say please or thank you. I just said, I don't believe that you do that. I just modeled the, I, and you and Sam always say please and thank you. You know, she had this thing about please and thank you. Mm-hmm. So this friend of mine was always like, do we say, you know, she was doing this real, like, manner stuff yeah, with yeah, her yeah. kid. And then we were at the playground and there were just two swings. It was very clear that there was a cue forming. Yes. But she had no awareness of the cue. Yeah. And it's like, it's it, there's just all this, you say one thing yeah. and you do another yeah. and you catch yourself in it. And, like, we've been potty training for ages. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Um, we've read this book and it's like whatever you it's because it's so bad the kids don't care but you're as a parent you're sat there constantly dealing with the stuff and you get pissed on you and shit on you and it, you know and the book is like just the whole message should just be it's fine you'll get there when you get there yeah. it is so impossible <laughs> in the moment of digging shit out from under your fingernails <laughs> yeah. to be like sweetheart why did you not like it you know and it's yes. just this and it's like but that's like, it's so interesting then the, the books that you do read or the advice you choose to take compared mm. to what kind of happens. Well, so I was one of these people who's like, I don't believe in parenting books. Not, not anything that strong, yeah. but more sort of like there's this, I, like the kid will be who the kid will be. Yes. So I'm going to try and just, and but I can feel that with myself because I was like a real reader and my husband was yeah. a real reader and my kid... 
not interested. Like we go to the library. I'm like, he likes the library because we're readers. And he, you know, like the library. He wants to just play with the machine. And like, I can feel myself being like, we're readers. (laughs) Your father excelled in school. Your mother wasn't as smart, but she worked like a dog. You're going to, you know, and you, even as the person who knows, you know, and you're just kind of trying to not do that shit. And then, so my brother who who also was like, I just think nothing fucking matters. And then I saw him like just letting his kid have free reign with like all this awful YouTube shit. And I was like, Yeah. That's my nephew. Some stuff matters. Off with the YouTube yeah. CBBS. Do you know what I mean? But like, I just finished a book. I read the, uh, uh, called The Shallows, which is about internet usage. And... Oh, and what did it say? Oh, this it, stuff it, always oh, makes me so but this crazy. One, this one isn't about children. It's just about the modern age. Really. Yeah. But I sort of. It was just I just read about. I th- it was referencing another thing I read, and it just talks about how um, the basically too much internet use is destroying our ability to think on any level. Like on a deep level, because it, literally you're, you're reading stuff very quickly, and so what should we do? Well, it's about trying to encourage people to read your children to read um, physically reading something that you know, a book is actually because you're static and you're focused on this one thing you're holding. Apparently, you know, that is much better than obviously looking at a screen where there's going to be links in what you're reading to click on, and suddenly you're jumping around and you what you're doing is learning loads of little bits. So it's loads. We never of deep the, dive anymore. You never mm. actually stop and read one and thing think. well enough to let it go into your actual memory. Anyway, that's a different side point. Oi, oi. And then what they also say, because I'm like pretty good about, or I'm paranoid about that stuff, so I'm a bit regimented with my kid about it. And I only mean a bit. But then you read like the, the much bigger issue than how much TV your kid is watching. It's what they're watching. Well, that, but but also it's their vision of you on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my kid, you know, I mean, I think a lot, there was some funny story I heard of a woman saying her kid came home with like a drawing of her. And it was like her holding her iPhone. But I mean, that must be like, I'm, oh, it makes me feel terrible. Like we'll sit and I'll be like, this is our precious time on Mondays and Thursdays. After he does this, we sit and get pizza. And it's like, we do. And it's sweet. And he's staring off into space because I don't want my child looking at an iPhone while he eats. But I'm looking at my iPhone while he eats. Yeah. It's a, it's a interesting, it's like those things when you see kids um, do that. My mommy is this old and Always she loves drinking wine and yeah, like, yeah 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 I yeah. drink his wine and yeah. she loves doing this stuff my mommy is always sleeping in the loft and staring at her iPhone. <laughs> that's my kid would say. And yet, I just want to say also, because I was thinking about this, like, because, like, Carl, what you do professionally and all this stuff I've said, like, I'm at a stage now where I, because I can, like, it's so funny. I've been sat here and I was like, I feel emotional. You guys are very good at your job, <laughs> which I'm sure you must be. But also, I'm like, I feel incorrect in my body if I have a day now where I'm not with my child. Yeah. I don't mean full time. I don't yeah, yeah. I don't love our full days. But but you know, I need to see him in the morning. We need to cuddle in the morning, get him his breakfast. Mommy, mommy, today, you know, we need that I need those pillars in my day. Mm. And if I have a full day of not seeing him, I feel really like unhappy and I get upset like if I'm in the the coffee shop and someone's pushing a pram in. Yeah. And she's with her son. Yeah. Even though when I'm with him all day, I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, I got to hand this kid over. <laughs> Jeff said he could take him at five, but if he can take him at 4.30, then I could wash my hair. You know, it's like, that's how it really yeah. is. Yeah. But, but that little bit of separation makes you... Like, yeah, and a lot of stand-ups, 
you know, well, like with Edinburgh, with a kid, I mean, murderous. And it'll be like, yeah. And I'll say like, oh, how are you doing? And they'll be like, yeah, um, well, my wife is, you know, she's going to bring the, the she's going to miss him so bad. Oh, it's killing me. But she's going to bring the kids up on the 15th. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm not going two weeks yeah. without seeing my. And by the way, to be clear, I know women who do that as well yeah. so it's not it's it's not fair for me to divide it quite along those yeah. lines yeah. but but it's so it's so many of those interesting things about what you how you can prejudge things or what you yeah. expect it's yeah. like those things even about co-sleeping for example yeah like i see that as an idea and i go i think it's a bit weird when the kids are in the bed with the parents for too long like i, I right now i'm like i like the idea of yeah. a child having its own space that it's not it's not then a, a family bed there's a kid's bed and there's a parent's Because we, were we talking last night about sleeping naked, naked sleeping? I was yes. just about to say, I know about you guys that you're naked sleepers. My <laughs> yeah. husband and I are as well. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be naked in that bed with your naked baby. And that is exactly what's going to happen for you for like a couple months. It's 100% how you're going to do it. Okay. I promise you. But obviously you. then, when, what's the cutoff point? So I got there. Re- so I'm obsessed with sleeping. Yeah. And I'm telling you call me up at like six months yes. because I know the magic doctor and she, even if your kid sleeps, okay, you yeah. want this lady, she changes your life. And as someone who works nights, yeah. you want to get to that. You, you don't want to be that 5am person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, what we did was we try. I remember the first night I like brought this baby home and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I like, there was a bassinet. I'm like, I guess the baby goes in the bassinet. Yeah. And he was like, ah, okay, we're getting out of the bassinet. And then he was just like on my tit. And then we're like, we'll try the co sleeper. No. So he was immediately in bed. And then over the course of a few months, it just got a little less insane. Yeah. He didn't have to be on my tit all the time. And, um,. Like, there was a point where, like, I was just... My husband will not like me sharing this because he thinks it makes him look like he was shaming me, which he wasn't. He was trying to say something funny. But I got so used to just whipping my breasts out all the time. Yeah. We were just, like, walking through a park, and I, like, whip my tit out and put my kit on. And I'm like... He's like, it's not the tundra. And I'm like... (laughs) But I was just so used to it. So we... By four months... Yeah. He was... We got... This is the thing, the key thing. And you know Brona Titley... Do you know Brona Titley? No. She's a, a writer. Do you, neither of you know no. her? Very, she, does, she writes. You should talk to her. This she just what, had a kid. We take notes as we go um, tips. She writes for everything. Yes. Um, Comedy-wise. And she, I was like, you need to, uh, there's one thing that you need. The one, and it's called the sleepy head. So you swaddle them. You get this little thing that's Velcro. Don't do any of the real swaddling. You get a Velcro thing. You put them in it. So they're like this. Then they go in the sleepy head, yeah. which is like, so they're basically, and she, she's got like a three week old and she was like, thank you for the sleepy head. And I was like, you're welcome. That's the one. So get that sleepy head. Yeah. If you're going, get Written the sleepy head. Do you have a king size bed? No. Queen size? We might be Dark swapping bits. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to move into our other bedroom. The second the spare room. So if you can get the sleepy, get the sleepy head, 
in the co-sleeper. So it was sort of like that. And then I was like, get that kid. Because what I think mm. is I think these people, okay, we've got the kids in the bed for yeah. a while. Like, yeah. I think a couple should sleep in bed together. I think it's important. I yes. think, mm-hmm. I say this as someone who sleeps half the night in the loft because my yeah. husband snoring wakes me up. But I think, and we go to bed together. Yes. That's like a thing. I, yeah, a lot of comics don't have that. And I think, I see, I, that's something I've always yeah. done. Like, I, know, I know some comics who, you know, they'll come, they, they'll come home and they, they need to stay up for three hours because they're wired from their gig. I'll come home from a gig and if Hannah's oh, no. ready, if like Hannah's getting ready to go to bed, I'll just, we'll just go to bed and I'll get in. I'm, 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 I'm oh like, yeah, my husband, it's my annoying. Is, always go to we bed. We have to go to bed together. And it's funny because I'll get annoyed with my husband sometimes because he'll wait up for me. I mean, if it's a night where you're home at 11, then it's yeah, fu- fine. Mm. But if it's a night where you're like, like, I'm not going to get home tonight till 1230. Yeah. So d- but he'll wait up for me and I'll be like, don't fucking wait up for me asshole like someone's got to get up at seven yeah. and i want you to be you know <laughs> but it, it is it is important and and all that and i always feel like if you got your you got two-year-old in the bed with you yeah this is about some other shit that you got going on yeah. and that's like that's like kid obviously i'm not talking in the sexual way but that's like kill, kid fulfilling mommy needs it, it's not yeah mm-hmm. there's but, a so like, but like you were saying before about it's kind of those those feelings of guilt of not being able necessarily to sleep no. with, with him. Yeah. But that, that's also, that's a, that's a, because you can look at that and go, well, actually I'd, I'd prefer not to be, I don't think I'm not yeah, really I'd into love that. I'd to unless... be able to like curl up around my kid and have him do these beautiful, like, you know, people will be like, Oh, you know, uh, Elsie's at a stage. No, oh, she's like back climbing into bed with us. And I'm like, Oh, if Jean, my son, if Jean gets in the bed, I go. I, I, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. And I hate myself, but also I like I do know that there's all this other these ways that I'm, I you know I think I'm pretty self aware, and I think that I hope that makes me a good yes mom. Mm. That's what I think I have to offer yeah. him. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, with all the you're talking about just being on the boob all the time i know that at this point in pregnancy where i'm at 19 weeks this is when they start sucking their thumb inside inside the womb isn't that weird that they're they're on it they're on it already oh it's yeah they come out going like it's very (laughs) animal it's (laughs) really wild what's the thing i read to you the other day about now that it's was it last week or the week before they'd start they get covered in that there's some white stuff white they get yep. in. goop but yep. it's, the, it's the lips as well that's what you wrote down that they've started getting lips oh, they started, and, um, started forming their forming lips. lips and what was, there was another thing I wrote down I can't remember what it was anyway um, <laughs> just find their fun little facts that you get I know and like, yeah. I remember we had something where it like showed you the size it was and you'd be like now it's a peach it's yeah. a peach yeah. do you, remember, like do you know what it is now um, is it a courgette yeah. yes <gasps> there's a little courgette yeah. and 250 grams as well that's a Nice Which, yeah. one. You know, you see pictures when people give birth prematurely when they sometimes yeah. seem to be courgette sized. Yeah. They're that they're that little. But it's it's quite fully formed. Yeah. And that's something that Oh yeah. It's like I think that's like a person now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when it I guess yeah, all the time throughout the midwife things and the doctor's appointments, they say up until twenty weeks you go to a and E, I think, if you have a problem. Yes. After twenty weeks, you go to the labour ward. Oh, so that's fuck. What, like if something happens yeah, after yeah, twenty yeah. weeks, they're going to try and yeah. see what they can do. Yeah. And that's the thing that this week we had a um, we had a, a scan at the premature clinic because four weeks ago I went for a scan there because um, 
2013, I had abnormal cells on my cervix. Right. And so they got lasered off. Yes. Which is quite a common procedure. It's, it's like... Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've heard friends Yeah, you, you kind of like... When you get regular pap smears, often... In Australia, anyway, when you get to 30, you can get these, just some abnormal cells. And if they see them at a certain level, they ask you to come back a year later for a pap smear rather than two and years. And it's all like... Essentially, it's all like cervical cancer prevention. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they can grow and if it gets to a certain level, it becomes cancerous. Right. And so that's the point, one of the points of right. pap smears is to make sure that yeah. everything's healthy. Yeah. So the, over a year, my cells had got worse. So they did an operation where they lasered them off and then everything was fine after that. Um, and all my pap smears since then have been fine. But when I went to the midwife appointment, she said, I'd mentioned it and she was like, it's great that you've said that because what can happen is your cervix is a bit weaker than the normal oh okay. so i'd like to book you in to go to the premature clinic just to check in and make sure that everything's fine so we went and it was totally fine my cervix was a normal three centimeters congratulations in case, <laughs> in case you also didn't know how long a cervix is i didn't know <laughs> and um they said come back in four weeks looks like everything's fine we just want to make sure that that's yeah, still the case watching you. but when we went back this week it had gone to 2.5 centimeters so it got a bit shorter which means that potentially the weight of the baby is pushing on it a bit as it grows. Okay. And, and then... the thing, if the cervix shortens too much, then it, you go into labor oy prematurely. Oy oy. So they, they're mo- we go back this week yes. again. So, and then what do they do? Well, uh, I mean, well, what... But they also said there's, you know, it could be just the way the baby was that yeah. day. You know, there's a lot of factors that could just be, it's a very temporary thing. So Yeah, it could have just been pushing on it in yes. a certain way, which right. shortened it in the, at that moment. And um, so what happens is that we go back they put me on progesterone now so right like like back in the old yeah. IVF days when you're oh yeah them up your, your fanny <laughs> these ones don't I had applicators in the past but these are just like yeah. a mini yeah I never mini, had an applicator mini on waxy ones. tampon yeah just get them up <laughs> the and then the one's up your butt right before did you have to do one up your butt I had to do one up my bum yeah I think before the before exactly. the general, yes, yeah. anesthetic. The applicators just had, I just remember hearing the sound of it happening. <laughs> there was a, yeah, it was a little click. So I'd hand I would, sometimes I'd go in, if I, we were getting into bed, say, I'd be brushing my teeth, Hannah would get into bed. I'd walk into the bedroom, she'd, on, under the covers, I didn't know she was applying the thing. So she just looked like she was lovely and comfortable in bed. And suddenly I'd, I'd just hear, I'd be like, oh, what's that noise? Like, it's popping! <laughs> One of those God. things that, you know, like, I, I, we've said before, like, we don't, at this stage, but yes. pre, this pre-child stage, we don't wee around each other or do things like that. <gasps> oh, so I we, think we close you... doors and have oh, a farting thing. Very and different yeah. household than mine. Okay, um, great. So, kind of putting, shoving something up my vagina um, in front of you is. Was so why did you? How? Why did that feel different to weeing in front of each other, for example? Oh no, it felt uncomfortable at first, but then I got used to it because I just had to yeah. do it every night. And it was like you know, you we would just no, I, I wasn't yeah. like. You weren't coming up, running up to me and doing it in yeah. my face. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I'm having to put progesterone in now. And then what were you going to say? Well, oh, I'm interested in the peeing. Like, my husband and I are, I mean. Doors open. Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's uh, like nothing you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And I was thinking with, um, and there are things about that that I think, like, when, when people make different decisions about things, yeah. marriage, relationships, what's so uncomfortable 
is that it implies, like, and it's so true with parenting, is it like, hey, did you change your name when you got married? No. Right, me neither. Mm-hmm. So what we will both say publicly is like, oh, but should, women should do what they want. But then you're like, yeah, but you fucking change your name. That's weird. I'd never do that. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and but there is this inherent judgment. And then that, like, that's like triples with stuff to do with parenting. And then this, like, private couple, not private couple yeah, yeah, yeah. divide. Yeah. What's so interesting to me about that is that I really don't think, like, I'm not like this... All right, guys, have fun keeping the mystery alive. Like, I think that's really, really great. And I do actually think they're really, really great and important. Like, I think both sides in a real way have great and important components to them, which I don't actually think about anything ever. Yeah. So I was just wondering, was that a conscious choice? Well, I've got a big routine about about it. I do sometimes. You do? Yeah, I was thinking, they somehow know that about you. And it's basically, what I talk about is, yeah, as long as you're both on the same page, I think you're fine. So, but was was it a conversation? Ours was not a conversation. It was was this weird... It's just natural? It probably... The first time you probably even like it got discussed was when you probably saw me do that routine. Yeah, yeah. But I hadn't, I hadn't realized. I hadn't particularly realized that we didn't fart around each other um, until he'd, I saw him do a routine about the fact that he pulls his bum cheeks apart to do po- so, silent farts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, and it cracked me up. Fascinating. And with yes. the, like, I know. Sometimes, sometimes I leave the door open when I do a wee, but you wouldn't. I have noted those. Thank you. (laughs) I've noted them in my journal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They just like it's just. But I can actually. I I mean, it's. I'm. I think. I mean, I'm talking like people that would go to the toilet while their partner's in the shower or bath right next to them. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) like, I mean, the shit I have seen. It's like. Yeah, we're, it's... I do, th- I think that Carl leads on, I think you do I definitely think I'm this. more squeamish. I mean, you've yeah. told me that I've made you a prude, which is... <laughs> a little bit. I can't, um, I am, again, this really is not, like, I, I don't think it's good. I think it's got some problematic components to it, but I think, like, like, sometimes I'll be in the midst of my marriage, like, look, you know, really, like, and we're sat here now, I have no, like, I'm really self-conscious about not having makeup on or stuff, you yeah. know, and, and I will be in a, not like I'm shitting or vomiting, just, like, waking up, like, I look rough, like, I do have to work to not look rough and I think there's so much intimacy like before I was with my husband I was like how do you so well I you just like with someone and they're just like (laughs) shitting and you're shitting and you're they just see me in the morning just on the regular like and then they'll still love me like I really couldn't and so I think I needed to know like I think it's some way that I feel that this shit is real yeah Yeah, yeah, like he needs to you know and he's all in yeah and I don't think he was always like he has said to me like you fucked me up like (laughs) I wasn't a pig like this before I do I think it is some it's like because the fact that we are like quite hippie-ish you know we do sleep naked there's no shame or anything right, yeah. right. Being naked it's just for some reason it's just with me I don't know if something happened in childhood but you, I am you, just I'm very squeamish around bodily functions and you so, so, so if I may say this or may ask like this isn't just a singular thing in this relationship you've seen it manifest in other relationships that you've both had uh, no I think you've said in the past you... I think my ex 
Yeah, I think we've had marriage, had farting in was past the, Yeah, my ex-marriage, I think we were a bit more... It wasn't, like, carnage, but there was definitely a bit more, like, now and again, it'd, it'd be quite funny. Now and again. And right. that was... <laughs> right, OK. But that was... Um, yeah. So the sort of commitment to the cause. Yeah, yeah. organically... It, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like... But it's not something that feels like... Um, uh, like, I don't feel like I'm spending all day no. holding in farts. But I so, so, so like, and you did one, like, you did one, when was it? Oh, yeah, a couple of... A few days, days ago, ago, you were lying there, like, very... Like, so looking at it, and you were pushing your belly out and talking yeah. about... And just one came out. Yeah, And that yeah, of course, was funny. But, I, ran, right, I ran away and did a little loop of the kitchen. You did? Yeah, just for fun. Oh, OK. Like, in victory. Yeah, like, I sort of, I sort of celebrated. Oh, right, 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 she, right. Because, like... Cause like yeah, it's, it was funny to me that she let, let one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so it's not like a sort of, you disgust me. No, 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 that, that's what's so interesting, and that's why I feel really comfortable asking you guys about it. It's very clear that it doesn't come from there. No, yeah. it's not that. Because um, that's the thing that when I talk about it on stage, I always say, like, I think if you're both, if both of you are doing it and it's you're both fine or happy or find it funny, whatever, that's great. If both of you don't do it, that's great. It's when it, but sometimes I chat to people in the crowd about it and I just get that whiff of like a guy will be like, or she'll go, oh, he does, but I, I'm not allowed. Yeah, and it's when she says not allowed, it's I not think like that. No, but I think when I saw you do that gig and there was some flicker of that double yes. standard, and yeah. that's what's it, that's like, when it's real bad. Yeah. But um, I also think what's so interesting is that like what you if it's a couple that's very private, yeah, uh, meaning yeah. sort of like you guys are yeah. in that way. What you what I then need from that couple is. Um, like, I think if the couple is disgusting, I'm the disgusting... Like, you want to know that they have sex. Yes. You're like, it's fine, but just tell me you're still having sex yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that you yeah. don't Not have sex twice a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Conversely, yeah. you want to know... You want a comfortable power dynamic. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? So I can think of couples where it's like... He is in charge, yes. and they call themselves feminists, but that's not yeah. a comfortable power dynamic. Yeah. And in that shit, yeah. no pun intended, if I found out no one's farting or shitting, I'm like, oh, well, you guys, this is fucking dark shit. <laughs> but when you can tell it's just like a couple, and it's, you know, they're the yeah, same yeah, age, yeah. it's all that, and you're like, yeah, great, great. Yeah. Envy yes. it. Envy it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but with the putting in the progesterone, um, yeah, so if, if, if my cervix is shortened, your cervix. So then, right? They they can put a stitch in to kind yeah. of stitch it so up. So that will be what happens to if, prevent your early it labor. Yeah, it, it turns out that it wasn't a momentary. Yeah. Yes. And it, but it's one of those things that when I mentioned it to the midwife, she was like, "It's just it's just really lucky you told us this because lots of people don't say yeah. it. You think it's something that's happened in the yeah. past, yeah, and you don't necessarily connect it to." to to the the pregnancy um but i think that do you think that some of your like i was really diligent with my miscarriage because i was like i plenty of people have repeat miscarriages and i was like Mm. we're not spending another seven grand to find out that actually i have miss you know repeat miscarriages so do you feel that some of that do you feel like your diligence is about your age uh like, does your pregnancy feel really precious to you because of your age? It's definitely, like, I feel, I can, I have that sense now that even thinking in the past week of going, whoa, what if it's, a, what if this baby is premature? Like, that's not something I've pictured yep. in the pregnancy, in this, in this, this next, you know, the nine months of, a, yeah. of carrying a baby. Going, oh, what if it comes early? Like, that's not something I'd put into it. And that, yeah. and that then 
kind of with premature babies, what the, those difficulties that they might have and, and sort of picturing yeah. those things and the difference that changes to your future outlook mm-hmm. as well as that feeling of, of miscarriage. You know, like I remember early on those ideas that potentially uh, the idea of miscarrying that is already so connected. Well, I, fe- I feel like, yeah, really connected to the baby and, and yeah. the idea of losing it is I think, awful. you know, another dark thing that it's like now it's not a miscarriage, it's a stillbirth, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a loss of a yeah. baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, th- I guess, I mean, we do still have one frozen egg yes. in the bag. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they, oh, that's they so great. On ice. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Frosties. Yeah. Tanya Edwards had said she she was very, like, once you've had one, then generally which yeah. she was like, you, you get pregnant. The second pregnancy can happen much more easily. Oh. That's that's her. That. Yeah, that's that's from her experience. Yeah. Um, she was so, adamant we had a very um, medical birth. Yeah. <laughs> She's really against, like, sort of home hippie births and stuff Which like I that. assume is the direction you guys would. Well, I think it would be our natural yeah, state, but even now, instinct, like, but she's really put a willies up. <laughs> but, but with as well, just those ideas of like potentially the premature stuff. Like I know, I know there's sort of, there's, there is a little bit more hospital intervention because of my age. Yeah. I get to have more scans throughout yeah. the whole time. And, you know, just, the, just these things about the premature the premature thing is more connected to the hospital than yeah. potentially yeah. I would be. But I'm also I'm also totally fine with that and if that's that's the way that it kind of happens. Yeah. And that's all right. But yeah, you know, it's with my age, I'd I've never really been ready to have a baby before now. I don't think. Yeah. Like you're saying that I've had my own life, I've been doing my own thing. Yeah. It's like well, now, now I can. <laughs> now yeah. I'm ready. And there's not like there's just a, a price, like because you know I'm sort of obsessed with the fact that I now won't have two, and mm. and sort of thinking like you know I don't mean it quite this way, but like what did I do wrong that that thing I wanted isn't going to happen? And I don't mean it quite that self critically, but you know something's got to give. Yeah. And everyone's miserable no matter what. So yeah. the people I know who had two kids and had them young, and by young, I'm talking 32 and 36. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, yeah. what I mean by young. Um, they did that because they got together when they were 27. And let me tell you yeah. something, that looks pretty rough around the time you're 40. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they paid that price. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have them really young, but then you it, 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 then you might not wind up with the person's pair. Maybe that doesn't matter to you, but small seed conservative Sarah, I'm like, this family is staying together. <laughs> Don't matter how much we fucking hate each other. You know, and I and I was talking to um a comedian who was who's very successful and was saying and, and and they had just bought a house and I was like, That you must feel like such a fucking baller. Like you bought this house, da, 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 you know. And, um, and he was like, yeah, but my twenties were terrible. Like to, to have achieved this highly by 34, here's what my twenties looked like. No one was fucking me. My parents were so terrified about my career, you know, all these things. And he, he didn't. And like my twenties were spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, I didn't know it. I wasn't that happy, but I I do feel kind of quite settled and content at 30 
because the wild oats were sown, and that is such a real thing for some people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, guess what? I only got one kid. I would have really liked two, but I'm... But I had all these experiences. But I had all these experiences, and that makes me like my husband more. Yeah. Yeah. And my life. And And my life. And what I've got. Yeah. And I think also for me, I think if I had gotten pregnant when I wanted to, which Mm. was like at 35 or 34, and it was closer to 37... It was me, like I had worked as a writer and I just wanted to do stand-up so bad, but of course I was terrified to start at the same time. And I think if I had gotten pregnant when I wanted to, it would have been like, oh, I know, I do want to try that stand-up, like do these open mics or whatever, but I'm a mom now. How's that going to... And I think it would have prevented... It's not like the world would have lost out because I didn't do (laughs) stand-up. People talk like that and you're like, you know what, I would never become a stand-up. And you're like, you know, no one cares except you. (laughs) The world is not emptier without this mid-level shit, okay? So I'm not saying that the world would have suffered, but I'm a happier person because I feel like I found this thing that I like and not everything for a reason or whatever because tell that to someone who's lost a child. But like, you know, you kind of go, you're having a kid for the first time at 40 with some is great. Yeah. So great. Right. And those things about, you know, motherhood not not trying to not stopping you from yeah. having these other bits yeah. of you and continuing yeah. your life in the ways that you are committed to and the identity outside of being a mother yeah. being really important as yeah. well. Um, which is what, yeah, my best friend um, messaged me this week because we released the podcast and on it I thought it was quite funny. I just said hosted by Hannah Norris in brackets pregnant and Carl Donnelly in brackets comedian and she wrote to me straight away and she said that's not good enough yeah yeah you can't say that and I was like at the moment as an actor I'm sort of feeling a bit like I don't feel like I'm doing enough stuff with to do with that and she's like you have to hold on to that now because if you let that go now then you're gonna let it go that I mean I think that's sort of exactly you know I have a friend who after having had her first kid you know and she she had you know, she, she's, she doesn't love her job and she doesn't quite know and she knows she wants to live. And after her first kid, I was saying like, well, why don't you just have the second one kind of quickly? Because mm-hmm. if you're already in, and she's like, because if I think, I think if I stay out too long, I will never fucking find my footing yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Two months later, she got pregnant by, by accident. Mm-hmm. We've never spoken about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I think, and you know, she does a job, but it's like you, like, it, it just, whatever is you going, mm, I don't, that, that blow, that, that like quintuples, like yeah. it's so, it's so hard. And I was saying, I was saying to like, it was with some comedians and like half of us are parents and half weren't. And it was sort of a shitty gig. So I was like, I was the headline act on that gig, which you know means it's a shitty gig. No. Right? Yeah. But, but, but a little, a little bit that is true. Mm-hmm. A little bit that is true. And so this guy was like, essentially saying like, how do you balance it all? That mm-hmm. wasn't quite the question, but it sort of was. And I was babbling as I do. And then what I got to, and I was like, that was very articulately said, mm-hmm. was like, if you have a job, if this is your job, you're fine. Yeah. If there's a hint of hobby in that uh, job, yeah, yeah. you're yeah, fucked. Yeah. Yes. So your hobby is gone. Yeah. So if the thing is, is that as an actor, yeah. one is netting four grand a year, you're not going to do that no more. Yeah. If no, it's closer to, you know, and, and I think that that's what's, and if you're sort of like, you know, I'm not really into this um, marketing thing I've been doing. I've always sort of pictured. Nope, it's yeah. going to be marketing. That's you're, you're there. Yeah. It's set. You're done. Yeah. And, and that I think is real. I had a coffee with a comedian friend Jimmy McGee the other day, 
and he was talking. We he was asking how he, Hannah was and recent scans and all that. And then he we were just just got onto parenthood, and he said to me, he said that he thinks you know he's we've been friends for fifteen years, and he was like he he just said you know you are the most ready you'd ever be to be a dad because he's watched me go through the last fifteen years. Right, and he's right. Seen, he's seen me go off and bloody drink ayahuasca tea and go off traveling right. around India finding myself and actually he said and he said it in a nice way but then he went because you know once you have a kid you can't go find you can't find yourself no. <laughs> you know yeah. no one's going off to find themselves yeah, when they've no. got a toddler you literally don't have the it's not even a luxury you, that would be so selfish to do well it's also the thing that is is like there's no you can't go on holiday. Well, and hobbies. You can't. You'll go on a holiday, yeah. but it'll be terrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and nothing is fun anymore. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but it's like, but then there's like a day where they walk for the first time yeah. or like yeah, yeah. bury themselves in your body because they feel shot. Like, all those things are really, really real. But they, and it's like so overwhelming, you can't manage it, but also it's, just sort of like a quotidian moment in your day when the fact that you can never take a good holiday again yeah. and you're not sleeping feels like like more I don't know you know when everyone's like it's a love like you guys it's a, you can't picture yeah. the love it's, it's like you kind of can picture it like it, it, you can it's the it's the loss of the other stuff that yeah. is actually a little harder to fully grasp until you're there I think but I like to be really negative about it because that way you'll be like Sarah made it sound terrible but I actually in comparison I'm really enjoying my experience which so many people do (laughs) well obviously I mean we could genuinely keep talking about this for a few more hours I think in this hotel room on and on and on this little hotel on on the bed Uh, yes (laughs) but I think we'll have to wrap it up so funny that you went to throupling not throupling but whatever sex party and I went to therapy yeah in in our initial day talking about the shape of how we're set in the room Oh my god, I love it. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, it's great. Um, And we'll be back next week, week 20, which is when maybe we will know the sex of the baby. I know. (gasps) So you're going to find out. I'm not bothered at the moment, Carl. I'm leaning towards uh, knowing. Maybe next week, guys. Yes, it's going to be a big sort of (laughs) reveal. Do you have a preference? Be Um, honest, don't lie. Plenty of people have a preference. I wanted a girl. I got a boy. It's fine. um, I don't have a preference as such. I feel... I, I think I'm I'm still got a hint it's a boy. Yeah, I thought it was a girl, then a boy. Now I think it's a girl again. I think I've p- always pictured having a girl. Yep. And especially a girl first. Yeah. I think that's in my head that's somewhere. In your head. That, has I to, that has to adjust. Yeah. yeah. If that's a boy. Yep. So, but that will be revealed maybe yeah. next week. Okay. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. back next week. Thank you. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. I'm doing the man in the iron mask. Oh, Lord Lucan. The Hollinwell incident. The Versailles time slip of 1901. Tamam Shud. Who was Caspar Hauser? The Dyatlov Pass incident. Oh. Glad you said it. Yeah, I've no idea how you pronounce it. It sounded right. Dyatlov. 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 I'll be doing some uh, deeply uh, culturally sensitive accents throughout this. <laughs> Russians don't listen to things. <laughs>
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.